0: money seriously we all want it right we all want money we all ask for money we all work with money we all live with money and yet sometimes we all have such a problem with money <laughs> um if you look at the studies in america at least one of the number one reasons that couples fight is over money hey okay? money is so charged emotionally charged here um, at least in America, and I'm sure other places too. So today we're looking at the three biggest takeaways from my money mindset journey, and the lessons that have truly made a difference and changed everything for me. So here we go. In this podcast, we explore how doing all the right things, having everything in order, doing it all, and hustling don't actually help us really make an impact or achieve our goals, as well as what actually does. This podcast is for people who want to know that living a resonating, inspiring life isn't easy or comfortable, but so much more. I'm your Coach Cosette, and this is More Than Enough. Hey, beautiful soul. If you've listened to a lot of podcasts or even one today, I know you get a lot of leave a review and rate on iTunes. And I know you're busy. Your time is valuable. So I'm only going to ask you to leave one review on someone's podcast today, just to show gratitude for the impact it's had on your life. Of course, I would love it if you rate and leave a review for this podcast, the More Than Enough podcast. But either way, please just reach out and rate and leave a review for just one podcast today. Deal? Okay, deal. Now let's get to it today. Oh my goodness, beautiful people. I have uh, been on a journey, like I mentioned, I think last week I mentioned this, Um, a really, really deep journey, I guess, to moving forward recently. And one of the things that I've been working on a lot Is what a lot of people refer to as money mindset. Okay, Um, I actually have been introduced previously to working on this. Like I had some frame of reference for this concept um, when I was learning French. Actually, ironically, Um, so you know it was one of the things I absolutely adore about learning about from other cultures and learning the way that they think. It's it's not just it's not just learning another language. It's all about learning the way another group of people thinks and survives and thrives in life and just seeing how many different ways that there are. Like that's the crazy thing is that like there's a whole continent, a whole country of people that think this way and this works for them. Like it's mind blowing. It snaps you into a totally different mode of thinking and you can learn things in an instant. That's what I, oh man, I love that about learning about other cultures. Um, but so when I was learning French, I started to recognize that French people have a very, very different way that they face and they look at money in general. Um, you know, I was working with my, my French teachers and, and tutors and, you know, asking them about money, like how does money work? And they, you know, they, most of them were talking about how like inconceivable it is that Americans have so much debt. Um, and... For the one part of that is that doesn't work that way in France, and the other part is that they just, you know, it's a very different mindset. So, for example, let me give you an example here. See so you know what I'm saying? Um, if you bring up a conversation about American debts and credit card debts and stuff like that, like they can't fathom that. They're like, I don't even understand that happens. How do you get 50 grand in debt, a hundred thousand dollars in debt? Like, how does that even happen? Like, what are you doing to kind of do that stuff? And I know a lot of people who have student loans, for example, um, to be fair, they don't really have that in France um, because it's a more of a socialist country. Um, So, for example, one of my tutors studied at the La Sorbonne and uh, La Sorbonne is a popular philosophical place. So she, she did a year in philosophy at this French college. And I think she said it was like $400 for the year. So you have to understand too, is that they don't really get the student loan thing because education there is totally affordable. But That being said, like the other thing is like the way that they perceive money and how they spend money and how they receive money and how they work with money is far less stressful than we do it in America. Like um, budgeting, if you went to, if your friends, for example, came up and said, hey, let's go out to eat. I really want to go to this fancy place. You'd be like, ah, you would feel really, really awkward if it really wasn't in your budget um, probably saying, you know what, like I'm watching my budget. Can we go somewhere else? Right. Chances are you'd probably try and throw out some other random excuse. Like, um, I, you know, like I'm, I'm really not that hungry right now. Could we maybe go somewhere else? Or, um, you know, you try and throw some other reason out there. Chances are for most people, I don't know, maybe you're one of those ones who'd be like, dude, I could do that. But like, no, really, could you actually tell your friends to their faces, or your family to their faces, you know what, like I'm watching my budget right now or that's not in my budget right now, can we do something else, okay? Notice the wording though, because usually what Americans will say is, oh, I can't afford that, can we do something else? Okay, that's a very, 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 very different concept, okay? And it's again, it's the wording is really, really interesting when you start to pay attention to how other cultures think and talk about certain things, very, very different. And I love that. Anyway, moral of the story is I had a bit of an introduction to thinking about money and seeing money in a very, very different light. Um, and it's so, so fascinating learning about another way to do things. So there is there is no such thing as like, I don't have enough money or I can't afford that. It's more just like, oh, the French have this beautiful. Beautiful quote, this beautiful, I think it's a proverb that says, My future is my present. And that's how they look at money. My future is my present. And in this kind of, I'm curating my life, I'm the creator of my life. And that's how they look at it. Like, mm, beautiful, phenomenal. I love it. Anyways, moral of the story is that was my first introduction to a different way to see money. You know, I, I totally grew up in the whole money doesn't grow on trees thing. Like how many of you <laughs> raise your hand, either physically or mentally, like have heard repeatedly money doesn't grow on trees. Um, A lot of times like, oh, we can't afford that. Um, Kind of thing like that. Like super, super fascinating, guys. Like once you start to realize that like not the whole world thinks like that. <laughs> Anyways, so going through this this money journey and again um just how it opens your mind to different things. So I'm going to share a couple of the things that I learned from my class and a couple of quotes that just really really hit me as to why we are where we are, you know? So first of all, let me let me clarify this with I firmly believe that your current state Whether that's your relationships, your family status, your home, wherever you're living, your financial situation, um, your relationship with your siblings or your spouse, you created that, okay? I created what I currently have. I do. It's true. And on the one hand, it's like, okay, well, look at the good. And I think a lot of times we have this tendency to say, oh man, I created this crappiness and we tend to like beat ourselves up, Um, which I don't want you to do, first of all, because simply if you created your current situation without really thinking about it, how much more could you create intentionally? You know, like how cool is that? So first of all, I want you to know as we go into this, like I firmly believe that we have fully created everything that we're at now. And step one was, for me, was just accepting that. Um, accepting where we are right now. You know, a lot of times American culture, if you don't know this, we are very, very forward thinkers. We think a lot in the future uh, we also think a lot in the past, you know, anxiety, anybody, depression, anybody? Yeah. Um, if you pay attention to your thoughts and what you're thinking about when you're feeling that way, you're usually thinking about what's going to happen in the future or crap, I messed up in the past. Um, and we're very much not present. Okay. And I mean, present, like physically, mentally in the location where you're at interacting with the people around you. Okay. Um, so accepting, like if you can create what you have created without fully being present to what's actually happening in the present, imagine what you could do when, you know, as the French say, the future is my present, Or if you flip it, my present is my future. You know, if you could be present, how much more awesomeness could you create? Like, isn't that cool? Um, okay. So. First thing I wanted to talk about is this relationship with money, Um, specifically with spending money. That was really, really interesting to me um, because as you look at how, especially your emotional charge, when you talk about money, if you, you know, people, I've heard so many stats where people talk about uh, like the number one thing people fight about in their marriages are money. And I think that's an interesting statistic. One, because in my opinion, money is simply just an external factor Factor you could fight about. It's not the real cause. Um, but that's irrelevant. So that's a relationship thing for another day. Um, but, you know, they say that most people in, in marriages, most couples fight about money. So um it's really interesting if you get down and say okay well like what is our relationship with money and step 1 is with spending money. Um so I'm going to run you through a couple of the questions that my mentors walked me through that were super super eye opening to me. Okay? So one when you get a utility bill when you get a utility bill what do you think when you see it in the mail? Like, what's the first thought, like, really, like, what's the first thought that comes in your mind? Like, ugh, more money going out, or like, oh, I got to pay this in, or, oh, crap, how am I going to get this? Like, how long can I hold this off? Like, what is going through your head? Or just, or even just, like, hoping, like, oh, man, I hope we didn't, like, blow it this month, okay? And and if you were to, this is one thing I added, if you were to give it a scale of, like, zero to five, or one to ten, or whatever, right, with the low number being, um, really negative and the high number being really positive or vice i don't really care how you build your skill right build a skill know which is positive know which is negative and if you were to rate your your emotional state at this point when you're thinking and you're holding this bill in your hand how positive or negative is it i mean are you jumping up and down with excitement that you get a bill in the mail that you get to pay <laughs> interesting right um, so again, like very positive would probably be that like celebrating, hooray, I get to pay some bills today, woot, woot, right? Like celebration versus negative, like the panic and the anxiety and the stress, <laughs> right? Okay. So that's one. Um, what about if you went out to dinner with some friends and you ended up going to that high-end restaurant and you offered to cover the bill, Say so, you know what, guys? Like, I really appreciate your friendship. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the bill today. And one of your friends orders like a 200 bottle, a 200 dollar bottle of wine, um, or else like the most expensive steak, um, and dessert, and like they just keep ordering stuff, and the, you're just the, seeing the dollar bills go up. How do you respond to that? You know, and, and it's interesting because my first response was like, oh man, like I would. Bail on totally being present. Like, I wouldn't physically walk out of the room, but then, like, all of a sudden, I'd be up in my head mentally, being like, oh crap, like, lost in my thoughts and lost in my worry about, like, shoot, like, I was, and I mean, I was anticipating high, but this bail is going to be higher than I thought. Like, what else? What am I going to do? How else am I going to pull the money out for this? Like, what, are, you know, what am I going to do? So, like, I all of a sudden would just instantly not be present, not enjoying the, the evening with my friends anymore. Um, I don't have that kind of money worry, stress, like, or man, like you better appreciate this. Like, like your willingness to pay is contingent upon their appreciation for what you're giving them. Like it's payback. Like okay, well I'll pay, I'll pay this, but um, you better really be appreciative, right? Um, that was an interesting one too. What about paying taxes? You know, what if? you you owe taxes. It's the end of the year. You owe taxes. What do you do? And this was really interesting because for me, growing up, I'm like, I'm not sure that I have really had a lot of thoughts because we, we've never owed taxes before. <laughs> Simply because we've had kids so like every two years and been in school, like we were making under 20 grand a year f- with two kids for a while. And anyways, moral of the story is, you know, I've never, I've never actually faced a situation where I owe taxes. Um, But I was trying to put myself in that mindset and like, what have I been told? And it was really interesting because growing up, uh, my dad was actually an entrepreneur and both he and my mom would oftentimes when tax time came around or something like that, it was very much just like, ah, now we have to give more of our hard earned cash. So lazy people can live a better lifestyle than us. You know, like all those stories about how people on food stamps can get lobster. And you know, I'm like, dude, I could never afford lobster. And see, see that again. I can't afford it. Right. But just this whole idea of like people who are bums and living off the government get a better life than I do. And I'm working my butt off. You know, there's been stories about people in prisons who, um, get TV and they get access to a gym and they have coaches and they have this great lifestyle and they're in prison. And they're like, that's a better life than I would have. You know, um, all those stories, all those things that we hear and we're told about people who are just freeloaders. And if you're actually making money and you're seeing part of your check go out to Medicaid and Medicare and social security and paying for some of these programs, like, what do you think? That's, that's what your taxes are going for. So what's coming up for you? Right. And I mean, there were there were so many other ones. Um, One one of my favorites actually was investing in a really pricey course or program that would help you um, build a business or have a better future or learn to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. You know, what do you what do you think? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you just crossing your fingers and hoping it works? And like, man, are you are you finding yourself asking those questions like, when's it when's it going to start working? Or how soon will I start making my money back? Okay, If, you're, if you start asking those questions, when I, if I were to come to you and say, hey, like I have this great course. I'm going to teach you how to make a lot of money. It's $5,000. What would you do? If I'd be like, oh man, dude, I could teach you how to double or triple your income, your annual income, but it's going to take you five grand to learn how to do it. How, what do you respond with? right? Um, and again, writing the numbers on the scale. And I think what's really interesting is like, up until this point, Right. I mean, granted, this this is a whole course. and I'm trying to just give you a little glimpse of this. This is a journey for sure. But, you know, up until this point, what is your story? And that was really interesting for me as I was going through this. I realized like my my story with spending money is that money is kind of scary. Money is unreliable money is kind of stressful. Uh, Money's not for me. It's frustration. I mean, how many of you have heard uh, money is the root of all evil? (laughs) That one kind of came up too. But it was really interesting, like as I was listening to my specific story, you know, I was like, if I could give it just one word, money is what? And I was like, you know, the word that came to me is just like, money is depleting. If you have to work hard and you have to work hard, and be careful with it so that it doesn't just disappear. Like that was kind of my story. And I was like, well, that's really interesting because if you're trying to make more or do something more with it, like, of course, that's not going to work. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, if I had this concept that money is depleting, like if I was walking around telling my kids, that <laughs> kids are depleting, then do you think I'm going to want to have more kids? Or if I walk around talking about um The sun. The sun is so depleting. It just takes away from me. It always takes away from me. And I have to be careful every time I walk out in the sun. Well, then I'm not going to walk outside very much. Like, do you see how that kind of works? Like, you're not going to go and do that thing if you think that it's taking from you, right? And I think the most fascinating part that came for me with this one specifically with my relationship with spending money is that my mentor kind of broke it up into four different uh, categories. And one was kind of that survival Play, paycheck to paycheck, minimal bank account, just getting by money's a tool to barely survive kind of thing. Um, two stage two was saving and hoarding. Like this is fascinating to me because I feel like, um, most of my friends, most of my stay at home mom friends believe this way. You know, the only way to make more money is to reduce my spending and save on everything. I can't buy the shirt unless it's on sale. I can't go buy specific types of food unless they're on sale. I can't buy the meat unless it's the cheapest option. Um, More just, you know, the people who go stand uh, for Black Friday and they'll stand in line for hours because they have to get the best deal. Like, that's interesting to me because I'm like, I've never been a Black Friday person. Um, And personally, I'm like, yeah, you can save money, but it's crappy (laughs) Like we've bought and c- bought computers in the past off Black Friday. And I'm just like, it dies in like a year, like so crappy. Um, so again, like I, I've been starting to assess some of this stuff, but you know, step one survival, step two is saving and hoarding. Step three is kind of comfortable where there's not as much of a fixation on money. And it's just like, it's not a primary focus. It gives you some, some comforts and some luxuries and it allows you to solve a problem. Like oh man, I had this problem come up. Um, my house is being fumigated for something, and like, where do I go? You're like, oh, I'll just go pay for a hotel. Like, no big deal, right? That's comfortable. And then four is like rich and abundant. Um, with the, those are the people who are just like, dude, there's money everywhere. There's enough to go around. Um, the more that goes out, the more that flows in. Like, super interesting to just kind of categorize that. Um, so again, that it's all kind of relationship with spending money, my biggest learnings from spending money and my relationship and really starting to see, oh my goodness, like I'm starting to see where I'm at and some of the stories that have been going on. And again, I'm probably going to mention this like a hundred times. This is a journey guys. Like I've been doing this most recently for 20 days in a row. Okay. But prior to that, I read two different books on money mindset. Um, I had learned a little bit about french mindset and had started this process on my own. So some of these things I hope they make sense to you. Um but the key really here's just to start to get present, right? Start to be aware of what is actually going on when you spend money, when you when you receive money. You know, that's the interesting thing like if you're if you're at a restaurant and you're thinking about tipping the server, you know, a lot of times you're like, "Oh, well, how good was their service?" And I'm like, that's interesting because it's a different mindset versus just like someone who, for example, my mentor, like I love listening to some of his stories because he talks about, um, he goes to the same place for breakfast every day and he talks about like, you know, it's $18 plus a tip. And he said, it's the coolest thing is like the way that I think about money now is that like every time I pay the bill, I'm like excited. And I see the flow of this money and I see that it flows to paying the the server and helping them pay their bills and take their kids out to, to um, ball games and to go bowling. And I see that it pays the, the chefs and the cooks and it's helping them with their families. And I see the money flow into the, the restaurant itself. And so it gets to keep its location that I love because I get to look out at the beach. Like the way that you think is just fascinating. And it's like, well, I've never thought about that. Like I've never paid my bills like for my utility and thought about like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I get to pay this. And like, I'm so grateful that I get to be part of the abundance of this gas company or whatever. I'm <laughs> like paying the company to be there so I can have gas and also paying the employees to be there so that they can send me the bills and answer my calls when I call them. And like, I don't know, it's just a super different way of thinking about money. And I really love it. It's really, really cool. Um, So, okay, another one is a big one for me was receiving money. Like, you know, a lot of us are just like, well, yeah, I mean, could you receive receive your paycheck from your boss? Probably. It's probably not too hard, simply because you're offering the required work that you agreed upon when you were hired. And so you get the agreed upon paycheck, right? And you look at a bonus, you're like, oh, great, that's awesome. But what if you had to go ask someone for money? What if you like forgot your wallet and you owed the restaurant $200. Could you ask someone for money? Or would that be super awkward? Um, What if you did some labor for somebody and asked them to pay you for it? Could you follow through? What if they had a failed payment plan? Ooh, guys, this one. Um, I've done a lot of work in different customer service businesses, taking payments, And man, the failed payment one, like I always felt so awkward because I was like, um, your card was declined. Awkward, you know, (laughs) you know, so it's like, what do you do? Do you still just like follow through with it? Like, or when they come to you with a sob story, but they still owe you money. What do you do? What do you do? What if you ask someone to pay you 10 grand for some service that you're offering them? Could you ask someone to pay you $10,000? Right. I mean, it's easy when you get paid from a boss and you're just, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, that was what the salary we agreed upon. So of course I need to get paid. And of course, most people I don't think would have an issue if their payment failed to go to their boss and say, Hey, like this, just something weird happened. I didn't get my payment, but it's a little different when it's more personal and it's not tied to like a boss or something. Right. Um, so that one was really interesting because I realized like my relationship with receiving money was that it was like, I felt guilty almost if I didn't give enough work because it felt like I was taking something from them. I was asking them to part with their limited resources, like something that they worked hard for. And I was asking them to part with it and give it to me. And I was like, (laughs) like that, that's kind of a problem guys. Um, anyway, so those ones with spending and receiving is so, so interesting guys. Um, And I think I'm going to end with, oh, this one's tricky. Probably I'm going to end with where money actually comes from. This was interesting because a lot of times we think of money as like, well, money comes from the bank or money comes from my boss or money comes from people or we want to get technical money comes from the printing presses in Washington, D.C. or something. I don't know. Right. Where they just print money off. And this is interesting. And this is where I'm going to ask you to get a little spiritual because whether you believe in God or whatever higher power or the universe, I don't really care. Whatever it is, that's where money comes from. Okay. That's where trees come from. That's where the animals on this planet come from. That's where flowers come from. That's where money comes from. Think about it that way. Um, and this is a quote from a book entitled the abundance book. It's like a little workbook thing, uh, by John Randolph price. And this, this hit me. I love this Okay, so I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, money is an effect. When you concentrate on the effect, you forget the cause. And when you forget the cause, the effect begins to diminish. When you focus your attention on getting money, you're actually shutting off your supply. You must begin this very moment to cease believing money is your substance, your supply, your support, your security, or your safety. Money is not, but God is. When you understand and realize this truth, then the supply flows uninterrupted into perfect and abundant manifestation. Look to God alone as the source and take your mind completely off of the outer effect. And he kind of goes on to say later on, in fact, if you look to any human, um, and he kind of gives a list of like anything physical or material, person or experience, or your boss (laughs) or your job, for your supply, you are shutting down the flow. If you give any mortal being As even being the channel for your supply, you are limiting your good. Oh my goodness. Okay. And if you don't, I I do believe in God. If you don't substitute God for the universe or source or whatever higher power you believe in. Okay. Because it's the same, same thing there. Okay. But guys like, Oh, that one really, really hit me because I think so much so often, um, especially as re- as religious people as spiritual people you know we talk about we try and keep it's <laughs> it's almost like in the u s we have separation of church and state and it's almost like in our brains we kind of separate um God and material goods separate God and money separate spirituality and wealth like we almost have to like separate there is spiritual and there is the physical realm and they like don't interact or something like it's this this kind of weird concept um but i thought this was really really fascinating because i mean e- even if you took out the word um money and you replaced it with something else um you know a, a relationship is an effect a spouse is an effect um abundant fruit trees is an effect i mean we we look at that if you've read the bible ever right they always there's always these analogies of fruit trees and olive trees and giving fruit and yielding fruit and bearing fruit right and basically it's it's yeah scientifically it's the tree that gives the fruit but what is giving the tree even that ability to go from a seed to a massive tree and then fruiting to give to us like god is the source right and it's really really interesting when you start connecting it this is what i've loved about this journey is really actually connecting spirituality and spiritual religious principles to something temporal like will we have money in heaven or in this next life i don't know but the point is that we do live in this life and you know you know that scripture um how god cares for the lilies of the field and for the the birds it's like they they don't think about what they get to eat next they just exist and god takes care of them right Um, same thing. It's just like money is not, and will never be the source of your substance, your supply, your support, your security, or your safety. It never will be same as your job. Okay. This is crazy. Your job is also not the source of your substance, your supply, your support, your security, or your safety. God is that alone will like blow your mind. Okay. Okay. God alone, let me read this phrase again, look to God alone as the source and take your mind completely off the outer effect. In fact, if you look to any human for your supply, you are shutting down the flow. How crazy cool is that? Like, oh my goodness. Um, And this, like I said, this is a journey that I am still on, but it's interesting to me because I like learning these principles and I just feel like, Man, it feels right. It feels good. Um, And if I've never told you before, (laughs) I'm going to say it now. Maybe we'll talk about it later, but your emotions are your lie detector. Okay. Your emotions are your lie detector. Now, obviously there are, there are emotions that people create when they're trying to get you to buy something. And it's simply the emotion you feel, maybe like they believe what they're talking about. Right. Or, and and there's a different stage where you have to like, okay, is this really what I want? Or just they want for me, which is totally okay, right? But the point being is that your emotions are your internal lie detector. And so if you feel something and it just feels wrong and it feels icky and it feels weird, there's a lie in there somewhere. Whether it's about yourself, about somebody else, okay. So just pay attention. Okay. And this is why I say like, look, I don't have some crazy result. It's like, dude, I learned this and I got like 10 grand within 20 days. Okay. Cause I'm still on this journey. But the craziest thing is like, I feel good about money now. Like we went to a restaurant and we paid, uh, last two weeks ago, two weeks ago. I share this not because I like want to brag, but I'm like, how cool is this? Like, before we hardly ever went to restaurants and we went to restaurants. It was like, oh man, how, what's the minimum we can get by with a tip? Cause this is going to be so expensive. And then the other day or two weeks ago, we went to a restaurant and I think we ended up paying two times. This episode was sponsored by the VIPs of Awesomeness. VIPs are the first ones who get their questions answered and the topics that they're curious about covered in upcoming episodes. They get first dibs. Supporters who become VIPs get to ask me their specific questions and get them covered. So you can become a VIP for as little as 99 cents a month at anchor.fm forward slash more dash then dash enough slash support. If that was too long for you, there's a link right below in the show notes. Just click on support this podcast and sign up. So excited to get answering your questions next.